Hey guys, welcome back to the Glad Trad Podcast. I'm Jordan Pacheco. And I'm Rudolfo Carlos. And <laughs> wait a second, that's not my voice. <laughs> this is the Glad Trad Podcast. And you should know, real quick, this might uh, put you for a shocker, Rudy. This is the only podcast that is officially endorsed by Bishop Robert Barron's mandatum. We were paid to say that. We were paid to say that. We were paid a lot of money by Word on Fire. Uh, we can we can buy St. Vitus a new church. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> now, have you heard, you've heard about that? What? Well, I'll mention oh, the it. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, before, hang on. Before actually, I don't want to mention it too much. I'm sure it's been done to death. But I do want to do this. Uh, you ever played a game called The Age of Empires 2? The Age of Kings? No, I haven't. So I'm going to put... I know about it. Though. All right. Well, you're going to love this. I'm going to put a sound effect right here. Mandatum. When you click on one of your villagers playing as the Britons, they say... Mandatum. And then you can like click them to build a house <laughs> and they'll be like... Bolden. I'm not kidding. Bolden? And when, when Bishop Baron rolled that out, I was like... <laughs> we're larping today weird, weird. <laughs> anyway um thank you guys for tuning in how uh, how's exodus 90 been for you rudy um i don't know man it, it's hard it, it's hard but not in the way that you would think i i'm i'm doing really well with the ascetic practices yeah but i am suffering in the spiritual side of things like i just can't i don't know what it is i just I'm having, I'm like hitting a roadblock every time. That's, you know, that's a very, uh, I'm kind of in the similar boat, uh, but I'm better than you. So I'm just going to say that I'm doing way better. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you know what I've noticed is I think that it's part of it is, is just how we as men approach things. I think it's difficult. I think we're very Mm -hmm. good about doing the physical and the arduous or like pushing ourselves to do the arduous because when we think about like physical discipline it's like oh yeah i can do that i can take cold showers i can i can work out i can abstain from i can fast and abstain and mm-hmm. i can you know structure myself and it's discipline and that's really cool spiritual life's a very very tricky one for guys and i think that's why a lot of it has to do with physical repetition yeah um i was listening to a podcast and it was talking about the mass and the militancy of altar serving and what the priest is doing. And the fact is that, especially for men, um, we, we being drawn to that kind of stuff, military precision and everything, that helps unlock greater spirituality for us. Yeah, in a certain sense, um, these ascetic practices kind of break through into your your spirituality a little bit. So, for example, um, on Fridays, Fridays I've made a really, really penitential day where I've been doing bread fasts and that that really helps you to to put everything into perspective like okay well I am I am going to suffer today mm. and that's going to subdue all of my passions and in a certain sense I'm growing in my spirituality even though I'm not uh you know praying uh, the 15 decades of the rosary that day or I, I really should be doing that but uh, you know I think people have this idea that you have to you have to constantly be reading a prayer book or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I know that's tricky for me because for me, for instance, the greatest amount of my my uh, spiritual gratification, surprisingly enough, comes from reading church history and apologetics. So to kind of break into, and of course, there are, there are many different kinds of, you know, there are, there are a lot of different roads that lead to Rome, quote unquote. So there are many different spiritualities that one can take that will lead them to God. There are some of us who have the gift of, of uh reading about the mystics and reading about miracles and really understanding the the very unseen side of our faith 
Yeah, you know. I, I was talking to uh, one of our friends, uh, Shane. Shane, if you're listening to hey, us, shout out Shane. Shout out. You to see Shane. those comments? Keep them up. Uh, and and you know, I, I had a discussion with him one day. I was like, well, you know, how how did you discern your your spirituality? You know, how did you how did you discern those spiritual practices that you took up? And he's like, well, you know, you, you really shouldn't worry about it too much. There isn't really a blanket uh, approach to this sort of thing. You know, it's not a one size fits all type of thing. So certain people, that, I mean, that's why we have that rich tradition, right? That's why we have people who were mystics. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's a mystic, right. even though some people, you know, they think they are. But uh, no, there's only a, a really small amount of people who can who can do that. That's a That's a gift from God. There's uh, certain people who are are more capable of doing the ascetic practices, and then there's other people who are more uh, I, I don't know m more uh, the kind of person that would be reading a, a prayer book uh, throughout the whole part of the day, you know. So yeah, I mean, I think we're we're trying to figure it, figure it out. So and I think you know we're we're sticking to it. It's not it's not been a hundred percent for sure. Um. But the objective of exit, it's not, and, it, and what's funny too is that that humility to admit it's important too, because it's not like a badge of courage that it's like, oh, look, I'm doing so well with Exodus or with whatever. Uh, I'm, you know, and I think it's, right, it's, it's not a flex. It's not a flex. Yeah. And, I, and we're going through it with a, with a, with a fraternity of guys, of course, at our parish. And, uh, and it's very clear, like we all have our different struggles and challenges. And what's really funny is yeah. I, I'm constantly reminded of when St. Paul talks about how there are, there are, you know, there are many different gifts mm -hmm. and, you know, there are many parts, we're all together, one body in Christ. And I'm seeing that now. There are some guys who for them, uh, it was easy to cut out sugar and sugary drinks. And yeah. it's hard, like for me, it's so hard to cut out like YouTube and especially and wheat thins. and we oh he's like i'm not sugars are one thing but i love carbs which i know people are like <laughs> well that's just like sugar too but you know what i'm saying breads i love breads and wheat thins and i miss i miss snacking i don't know how much snacking i was gonna miss yeah. yeah and so there's some guys that do that there's some guys who really really like miss like the hot shower there's some guys who just really miss uh uh fasting is a very difficult thing for for mm. some and you realize like there's all these different weaknesses and all these different strengths and but everyone's been very very good and open and honest about it and it's true like you have to go through it as a fraternity of guys so you know we have anchors and it's a cool structure and i'm very happy that i'm doing it because i'm offering it as, as a sacrifice for for my marriage yeah um and my and both of our fiancés are doing nineveh 90. yeah shout out to the ladies too because they're they're doing something similar it's not um I don't know if there's a, as much of the ascetic in there, mm -hmm. but it, it is very... It's way more on the spiritual side. It's very spiritual yeah. and, and rigorous, and it's impressive. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I mean... Yeah, so shout out to the Sue, to all the girls who are going through Nineveh, because I... And you guys don't have an app either. We have an app, at least. <laughs> so God bless you guys, but that, that's a wonderful thing. There's ways thing. around it, too. You know, like, Have you ever used Discord before? Yeah. It's a gaming mm -hmm. Oh, of course. Oh, of course. You know I've but, used Discord. But you could purify it by, by yeah. doing that. I don't know if you're listening. 
girls, but <laughs> maybe it's too late to do it. That's but. true. Discord will do. I think they're on WhatsApp, which is WhatsApp which is okay. Is but yeah. Discord, Discord's a really easy way. Yeah. Um, I just want to say real quick uh, before we move on that I think that you go hard on Fridays with your bread fast just so you can be you can just say I'm sorry for all the shenanigans, all the memes that you find during the week. <laughs> but I'm happy that you're so mining the gold mine because this has been a doozy. Yeah, you know, I started off saying, "Oh, I have an archive of memes," but I lied. I, I was actually pulling. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, so we, we have, we have, we have, we have Facebook groups that we go on, and I was actually, uh, I was actually, uh, I know, right? So this is funny. <laughs> I remember a conversation that Rudy and I had. I, I was on Facebook, uh, not cheating. I was answering a message from my father. Look at me, so so good and disciplined, quote unquote. <laughs> and I like looked down at my little scroll, and I was like, "Is that my? Is that my message?" <laughs> and Rudy was still posting in the group. I was like, <laughs> "Well, at least at least everyone gets to see it." So. Yeah. So Exodus, of course, cuts out a lot of of things that we can't do. Right? There's no internet, really, quote unquote. There's no television. <laughs> well, like unnecessary internet is what's supposed right. to be. There's you. Yeah. Uh, you have to listen to music that lifts the soul to God, which means that a lot of genres that I know I'm very fond of. Like essentially, I'm only playing my Amazon Renaissance Station and Baroque Station, mm. and it's the Roaring Twenties, and I can't even play jazz, and I'm so upset. I'm so sad, but it's okay. Music for me, I I, I don't. Are you a philistine, Steen? Are you about to say you're a philistine? No, I don't. I don't know what that means. But philistines are like people who they like hate the arts, hate music, uh, hate everything. No, 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 no. No, but um, when I when I see that music that lifts lifts the soul to God, that's the prerequisite for it. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, uh, I don't know. That's such a broad way of looking at it. So, oh, is that is that ambiguous? It's a little ambiguous for me. So I've been listening to certain game soundtracks honestly um well some of them are good that's actually a really good point because here's something uh, I, I like to think that classical music in particular mm-hmm. is language of the soul and a lot of video game soundtracks really draw on those great inspirations yeah. i think halo is a good example mm-hmm. and so i think that yeah it's a little it's a little wide and ambiguous but and it doesn't mean like oh i just have to listen to oh crap i have to listen to hill song for yeah. the next three months but it really does mean finding music chick-fil-a radio yeah but it's like <laughs> don't go to chick don't go to chick-fil-a not rescue shot in pache yeah uh, that, that ship sailed mm-hmm. no more but i think it's one thing that for me is i like is i like old-timey kind of americana you know me too and so like like that whole soundtrack of oh brother where art thou oh kind of sounding yeah. yeah but there's a lot of there's a lot of christianity of course infused in that time throughout blues and old-timey and like early country and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. it's kind of proddy sometimes though. it's kind of proddy but there's a and but it's still there but here's the thing the history of america is protestant well it's catholic of course too of course yeah. but the history of that part of that the era. country yeah the yeah. southern kind of part is of course protestant uh louisiana being the notable exception but still even though it's like a little proddy it's it's old-timey proddy so there's something about like sojourning in a in a land that is kind of scary and being alone and having you but like nothing but it's it's very like drawing your strength yeah it's 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 me and jesus but i think it's a good kind of of you and it's like dante escaping out into the forest right before he he finds virgil in a way yeah it's a good comparison Mm. But what's really nice is that not all of of the the not I don't want to say trappings because but not all the relaxants are done away with. Mm-hmm. So we on the Glad Trad podcast have caught up in what I think is a very exciting, wonderful, and uh, and good to uncover trend that's going on. I say on a lot of corners of 
of young Catholic <laughs> masculinity. Uh, so we uh, we are pipe smokers. We have tobacco pipes. And in fact, Rudy has, I want to say you're good enough to make it a small business, honestly. But Rudy <laughs> goes out of his way to like buy beaten up tobacco pipes and renovate them. Yeah, they're they're called estate pipes. And it's, it's a big thing. He gets the- them off dead people. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I've never thought of that. <laughs> it's what an estate sale. Yikes. Essentially, that's what's what's happening. Is mm-hmm. These pipes just show up on eBay. They've been in an attic for, I don't know, 50 years, 20 years or something. And uh, they're just not in good shape. So people sell them. And it's a big thing within the pipe community where you get an estate pipe and you restore it and get it going. And the cool thing about pipes is, you know, it's an antique and it mm-hmm. has it has like a, a history a history yeah, that's that you, you right. pick up and you bring it back mm-hmm. and it becomes yours you know there's something you know what i think is uh it's very funny just in terms of the wider culture there has been a there was a massive crusade against smoking particularly cigarettes of course they started mm-hmm. in the 1960s went through the 1980s it's still on today but i think that it's it's not quite as hot as it used to be of course it's different now i think i think now the crusade is against vaping yeah and rightfully so because that's vaping is so lame yeah i mean yeah are you, are you even a trad if you vape no <laughs> uh-uh that's some some that's some no <laughs> ashley and i have uh have some family friends and unfortunately one of their their kids vaped too much and like his lungs got flooded with Ooh, this stuff. with the juice. It's like, man, why would you vape? You're you're vaping a smoke machine juice. Yeah, right. you know? like, why are you doing that? Yeah, but there is there is something kind of. But what's very funny is I've noticed this. It's cigars, but especially pipes. Especially pipes escaped that kind of scourge. Mm-hmm. And the easy example is my. I'll use my mom for instance. So I got my first pipe at 18 years old mm-hmm. and i don't know what all the styles of pipes are so i'm going to try to be my best descriptor I'd, I'd say it was a pretty run-of-the-mill standard looking pipe it had like kind of a little bit of the s curve you know s curve it, it is an s curve what it's supposed to like a c curve or something <laughs> you you're the expert here yeah, you want to you want to tell on me the histogram oh my gosh okay, you know what <laughs> cloud podcast will be right back brought to you by adobe <laughs> so there's a <laughs> i wish oh shoot uh yeah this has been edited in adobe audition actually no it's not it's actually in premiere fun fact plot twist so what's cool about it is i bought it at 18 uh i didn't i didn't really have my first smoke in it until i was 20 i don't think oh really so you just held on to it i held on to it and i remembered i i held on to it for a couple of reasons first off because um as a as a as a man of of image and by that i mean to say our lives revolve around image you know and Mm -hmm. and, you know i as a cinematographer use a photographer uh image is everything Uh i call it historical peer pressure is why i picked up my pipe because what i saw was i I would see that for you in colorado where i'm from you know we have a lot of histories of of mountain men and miners and i was a civil war nerd growing up and what was funny is you look at all these like real gruff men in their beards and everything and they're sitting around just smoking their pipes it was inevitable just being men and i was like i want to be that guy (laughs) you know and then so my my back to my original story so when i bought it my 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 mom you know she was like what you got i was like i got a pipe it's my 18th birthday my mom paused and she goes you know i had a uh, an uncle who smoked a cherry tobacco pipe i remember the smell i remember coming into his house and i remember the smell it was pleasant and there was no like secondhand kind of don't you know that's gonna kill you kind of a thing but it was like my mom was remembering something really nice and pleasant about that Mm -hmm. and i think that there's something about about the gentleman out with his pipe 
and the kind of the, how the culture of pipe smoking is that paints a way more pleasant image than certainly than vaping and certainly than smoking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And I think the philosophy of smoking is completely different. You yeah. Know? Because you're not, you're not smoking for a, a nicotine hit. You're, you're smoking for a, a more of a, a pleasure type type of thing. Right? Yeah. There's a, I, and I can't remember the, the exact quote, but there is a Chesterton quote, which talks about uh, if you drink because you need to drink, you shouldn't drink. <laughs> and I think, <laughs> and if you smoke because you need to smoke, you shouldn't smoke. And so there's something about, so first off, of course, for most pipe tobacco, it is just straight tobacco. Uh, I prefer, I'm sure we'll get into what kind of tobacco we prefer, but just in terms of like the general philosophy, um, for I, you know, I don't smoke. I, I remember actually I went to the doctor when I first started smoking and by smoking, I would smoke like once every two months. Mm-hmm. Now I'm at like once every two weeks. So, uh oh, <laughs> but I went to my doctor and I, and you know, it was a new doctor and, and he asked, are you a smoker? And I went, I went, well, I, I smoke a little bit. He was like, well, what do you mean? I went, well, I smoke like, I smoke a pipe like once every two months, sit by my pool and do that. And he looked at me right in the eye and he said, you're not a smoker. <laughs> I carried on with his, with his notes. Um, they did a, uh, so of course I'm going to say this, it's, it's not an endorsement for tobacco. Uh, I think that there is an image and a quality and a feeling of smoking, especially with good company, mm-hmm. where it's ritualistic. And I endorse that because I think that it does breed authentic, good, and for us, very Catholic uh, relationships. Healthy friendship. Yeah. And that's really hard to find. And you do have to have a commonality, but also there's like a time where you have to relax. It's very funny because we run in a group of guys at our parish and when everyone kind of comes over... Uh, oftentimes, you know, they'll come over and they'll, they'll have their significant others and everything. And there'll be a time when we've, the men have just kind of pulled out like their little like circle of chairs yeah. out on the driveway. Smoke some cigars. And smoke and some cigars and pipes. pipes. And the women, you know, will like, will, you know, go do their thing. And it's, it's enjoyable. Yeah. Not because it's not having women nearby. That's not. <laughs> Wife bad. oh my god (laughs) but it is yeah but it is really like there's something ritualistic about sitting down with because a pipe takes you can you can speak to this because you know a pipe takes practice and patience yeah it's you and this moment and it's it's picturesque and it's peaceful and i think that there is a ritual with pipe smoking where you really do kind of feel at peace with the world and peace in your soul and with your surroundings, which is extremely important. Yeah, I think so too, because one of the reasons I got into it, uh, actually the story of how I got into pipe smoking, it goes back to when I was 18 as well. Hey, I went into a tobacconist on, uh, I think it was Brand Boulevard back, I don't know if the Americana was there at the time, but there was a tobacco shop and they sold cigars and everything. And I walked in and me being a broke 18-year-old kid, I, I go in there and I say, well, I want to buy a pipe. And they're like, yeah, okay, well, uh, here's our pipe selection. And they were high-end, you know, so they were telling me, well, here's the the lowest, the cheapest pipe that I have. It's $200. And I was like, wow, okay, well, I'm not sure if I can get into that. Uh, <laughs> so then I got into cigars. Mm. And I really, really like cigars. Um but I always had that in the back of my head that I really wanted a pipe. Well, it was until about last year that I, I had come over. I think you were having an event here. Huh. 
and uh, or maybe we were just all hanging out. Um, but you had your church warden pipe, you know, the really long like Gandalf. It's, it's pipe. one that Gan- yeah, Gandalf yeah, like, has. Like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. And we, I think we had a conversation about it. And I, I was like, oh, I wonder maybe now's the time to pick one up. And I did a little research, and that's how I ran into estate pipes. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and and I was like, oh well, if estate pipes are are that cheap, then I'm gonna get into it. So I picked one up. Uh, I think it was uh, a few months ago uh, on Craigslist. There was this uh, this Muslim guy that that had a bunch of stuff on a um, in a storage place, mm-hmm. and I roll up, and he's got like his Quran sitting on top of his like his dashboard hey. i was like oh boy what am i getting into <laughs> you can smell the smell the catholic yeah. hot infidel. Like, mm, are you an infidel <laughs> <laughs> no i walked in and he had he had a whole bag just of old pipes and uh i yeah it didn't cross my mind that it, it could be a, a dead guy's pipes yeah but uh yeah i picked one out i picked one out that i thought would look cool and mm-hmm. it was like one of those uh I don't know if you guys know what it looks like, but it's like a bulldog pipe. So it's like, oh, a, wow. it's kind of like a, like, a, I don't know. It's, it's a very British looking pipe. It's kind of like, it's very bold, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, it's, it's a bold pipe and uh, clean that one up. And then we had our first sesh. Mm-hmm. There's that famous picture of Gerald Tolkien. And he's yeah. smiling. He has his, his pipe, that, that straight one. Yep. What's funny is when you talk about high-end pipes, because my first pipe was a $20 one. And in fact, mm-hmm. none of my pipes are, I only have, t- I had three, now I only have two, because I lost my my original one, my baby. <laughs> uh, but I don't really, I don't really buy very ritzy, expensive ones. And what's funny is that the history of tobacco pipes is a- yeah, They don't have to be expensive. Corn cob pipes. Yeah. Think about that. That is literally a corn cob husk. And I mm-hmm. actually, what I did for some of my friends is I bought, uh, you can buy them on Amazon really, really cheap. Like four little corn cob pipes, one time use kind of things for like 10 bucks. And you just like, give them out to friends because, you know, it's... uh yeah, come over, yeah. you know. So I know this sounds like I'm, I'm like I'm dishing out like, I'm like, hey kid, do you want to smoke? You but, want some candy? But it's not it's not like that at all, right? There's no like peer pressure. There's no worries. And again, it's like, when it comes to smoking a pipe, there's a ritual to it. So, you know, it's not just taking a cigarette out of a box and lighting it, but you have to pack it. And there's a way that you have to pack it. And, yep. you, and you have to make time. You slow down. Slow down. And... You know what's really cool about it is uh, a couple days ago we were hanging out and uh, I don't know what the occasion was. I think maybe we've gotten into this groove where we'll we'll say, oh, we're going to record a podcast today. And then we show up and we're like, eh, maybe not. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> well, it was one of those days where, where we came over, where I came over and um, brought brought the pipes and everything and we were hanging out. And we we took some uh, foldable uh, chairs out into the front lawn. Mm-hmm. We just hung out there. You have a little table, put it down on the table, uh, put the table down on the lawn, and we had our tobacco out and everything. We we're packing our pipes. Yeah. And sure enough, you know, we get to the point where it's lit and we're just hanging out, just smoking our pipe, relaxing. And your neighbor, <laughs> your neighbor does a really slow drive by. <laughs> and I remember thinking to myself, man, what is up with this guy? Cause he's like leaning over his his uh, steering wheel, looking at us, and I was like, "Who the hell is this guy?" <laughs> he parks his car, and it turns out it's your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was surprised to see us doing that because he said something really interesting. He said nobody relaxes anymore. Yeah, that's absolutely right. 
And uh, that struck me as as kind of odd. I never thought about that, but it's true. Uh, maybe maybe that resonates with with your life. But maybe you don't relax enough. And pipe smoking for me has become that where where you do slow down a little bit, and you know you take your time. And mm-hmm. um, I I wouldn't consider it a vice for me. Not yet. I don't I don't think it will be. No. I'll, I'll, I'm watching. I got but it, it, it's a, it's a, a really pure form of relaxation. Yeah, you know, there are, um, and it's funny too because we know that again, if it's if it's habit forming and you need it, that's when it becomes a vice. Yeah, right. When you can't shake it, I've not had, and it's not like a sake of tolerance, but also like I don't, we don't smoke because we're stressed. We need to. I don't think actually after a stressful day, I don't even think about smoking. Mm-hmm. Uh, because stress smoking is bad and what's really funny is that stress is actually the, one of the biggest killers they've done medical research on again tobacco all tobacco is bad it's better it's better to not take tobacco than take tobacco but remember that for the physical effects there's also uh, mental effects and all that kind of stuff so for instance um the united nations health organization did a study Oh, I know, right? Trust before you, I, before I talk about this fake news, no, I do, I do not, I do not. Ooh, globalist alert! Oh, shoot, modernist. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna be invited to the Vatican now. You say, you know, yeah, uh, go hang out with the Pope. Yikes! <laughs> so there's a there's a uh, but what they found in their study was that they they did it between non-smokers, uh, cigarette smokers, and uh, pipe and cigar smokers. They found out that cigarette smokers, of course. Uh, have the worst kind of quality of life comparatively but they found that pipe smokers were on par with uh with the general population of non-smokers that was a weird one and i think there's a couple of reasons for it so first off you don't of course you don't inhale a pipe like you do a cigarette uh so you're you're there's different areas of of potential risk that you have in your mouth of course like uh tongue cancer all that kind of stuff throat cancer but there's not as much lung cancer but they found out but that wasn't it they were finding the quality of life was about the same and why because it was stress Mm -hmm. stress is a silent killer especially nowadays and they found out that people who chain smoke and smoke cigarettes leave lead higher more more stressful lives than people who smoke pipes cigars or don't smoke Mm -hmm. And that was a very funny thing. And I think now, well, the fact that I'm still categorized as a non-smoker because I don't smoke frequent enough. I smoke once every two weeks. And what is it? It's it's like I said, it's a ritual. So if Rudy comes over, if it's by myself, I'll just go in my backyard. I'll put on some Baroque. Uh, when Rudy and I were out on my front lawn, we had oranges that we picked right <laughs> off my tree. And so we're sitting there like I have a glass of water or something. And uh it is relaxing. And it's very funny that he said, like, nobody relaxes anymore. And that's really true that we oftentimes when we're stressed, we have we form bad habits or we form dependencies that need releasers on. But when we are just together as, as brothers, having just sharing a moment, sharing a smoke, there's something really nice about that. And we can talk about everything. And here's a funny thing about smoking a pipe, just in terms of how it works. You pack it really well. Uh, there are there are tools for it. There are tampers. I I'm a I'm a mountain man, so I like to just like use my thumb, whatever. <laughs> but you're probably gonna relight it. You're gonna, probably gonna relight it multiple times throughout your session. Your session, if it's with a, a friend, is going to last an hour. 
And uh, if it's with a buy alone, it's going to take you 20, 15, 20, 30 minutes, depending on the, the bowl that you have, depending on the depth, depending on how well you packed it. There's all these factors that come into play, but you don't really think about it. It's not like I'm an amateur or I can't do it or I'm not part of the tribe. If you bend down, like, you know, like try to try to see if your pipe is still stoked and discover that it's not. Just go light it again. You puff a little bit and it's nice. I have uh, two pipes currently. And my first is a very Sherlock Holmes, like very straight one. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, it's a good pipe for like, if you're working or you need to walk anywhere and you need something clamped, I'll probably get like one that's a little bit smaller. My second one that I'm most fond of is the church warden style, which is the one that you see Gandalf and the hobbits smoking. And what's cool about this one is it's a longer stem, which means it's actually a cooler smoke. Um, it has a very deep bowl, which means that that it can be a faster smoke of how it goes but what's also cool is its history so the reason why it's called a church warden pipe i don't know if you know this is back in the old days there would be guards in towers and in the, the towers of churches because a lot of times in a village or wherever you're at the church naturally has a tower the bell tower and so guards making sure everything's okay the night watch and you know he'd, he'd stick his church warden pipe out the window so that the smoke wouldn't get in his eyes so he's not obscured from his duty and it's not like smelling him up or anything like that if he's mm. inside a tower. Uh, but what's funny about that style of pipe in particular is because it's long, you can't just hold it in your teeth and call it a day as you can with a shorter pipe. So you have to literally sit down or cup it in one hand, which naturally to, to the point slows you down. So, you know, when there's a time where I'm like, man, it's a really nice afternoon. It's quiet. It's peaceful. I don't know. I'm going to like kind of think about things and just like sit with my pipe. Uh, yeah. You know that you are taking out that chunk of time that nothing really disturbs you in that moment. And, uh, and it's true. It's, there's a, there's a rhythm of life that we've, we've just jolted ourselves up to going all the time. If we're going to take stress off, it has to be inside this vast motion. Like look how we video game, look how we take <laughs> in food, all these kinds of things. But something about pipe, it's, it's very funny when you smoke a pipe, it's very funny how quiet you realize the world is. Yeah. It's a very pure form of leisure and, and leisure uh, with its proper limitations um, you know you don't want to be too overindulgent with this kind of stuff but you know leisure is a gift from God yeah. and 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 we need that we can't always be going a million miles miles an hour um, because we're gonna burn out or, or we're just gonna we're gonna really feed into our vices you know if if the only amount of relaxation that you have in your life is, you know the moment where you're stuffing like massive amounts of sugar <laughs> into your mouth mm -hmm. you know that's not healthy you know so there's other ways to do it now for us i think we've gone into a rhythm where uh, a pipe smoking is our our form of, of relaxation and and there is an aspect of of contemplation within that that space yeah that i really like about pipe smoking the other thing i like about it too is that um just inherently uh, with all the guys, because it's a very manly thing to, mm -hmm. to be a pipe smoker. I, I think a lot of men look to it as, as something that is really masculine. And it is. Uh, and one of the cool things that, that has happened as we've, we've taken on this hobby is that other men have jumped on, on board and we have that in common. Mm -hmm. So not only are we, you know, taking the time out to to find leisure and, and to find uh, joy in in that gift of God of leisure, 
we're also building a stronger friendship, stronger uh, a brotherhood uh, by doing that in moderation. In moderation. <laughs> well, it's true. Uh, there is something uh, very interesting about pipe smoking and what I would say the reclamation of authentic Catholic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like a, it's, it is something that is, I think, very common in the, in the mindset of the Catholic male. And I'm trying to piece together why. Um, it is something that, even if you're not Catholic, of course, I think it is just a part of that masculine art that's been reclaimed. And I think, I think there's something about a pipe that feels professional, in control, in charge. Like, you're not a boy. Yeah. You know? You're, this is the way I'd say it. Like, your grandfather smoked a pipe. Mm-hmm. Even if that's not true, the image in your mind is men of a time who did their duty and then got to enjoy the fruits of their labor. And they were, uh, they were, they, they had mental clearness. They had sobriety about them. Their wits were always about them. They were, you know, they're very deliberate. I think about my, neither my grandfathers smoked pipes, um, but the kind of men that they are and, and were really lends that image a mm-hmm. lot of times. And so I think that there's like a hearkening back to our ancestors. And in terms of, of in Catholicism, it's a very funny thing. I think naturally as Catholics, we like smoke, (laughs) you know, I think especially as, as, as we are, we are glad trads. Uh, we, there's, there's no such thing as enough incense. Yeah. Here's our, here's our plug for the, the traditional Latin mass. Okay. If you're in a diocesan parish, you're going to the new mass you're probably not encountering incense. Ooh. You're only encountering it on Christmas. Easter, Christmas, mm-hmm. two times out of the year. If you like incense, come to the Latin Mass. Ooh. And there's a, a reason why we have incense, especially in in the um, on Sundays, for instance. Um, well, Sundays are the only the most common days where we would have incense. Anyway, we we typically don't have that in a low mass. But um, the, the process of lighting the incense has a prayer to it. So in, in the canon of the Mass, there's a, a part where the priest, he is lighting the incense and he is invoking the intercession of, of St. Michael, the archangel. And, and as soon as it happens, uh, you know, you see the smoke rising out of the thurible and you get that, that sweet sensation of the of the smell of the incense and just that beautiful symbolism of what that, that smoke rising means. Yeah. And I think that for us as Catholics, because we understand, and it's, it's a harken back to our, to the, the Jewish roots of our faith, of course, incense for us is our praise. That's what that's called. <laughs> sorry. I didn't mean to throw you off. I was laughing about something else. Sorry. Do you not want me to say that? No, no, no. It's fine. Okay. So for, for us as Catholics, this comes from from uh, we we we've carried that on. We've repurposed the incense of the temple for the incense of the mass. So for the for for the Jewish religion, incense of course is a representation of prayers being lifted up to God. Mm-hmm. It is a, it is a literal manifestation in a way of the spiritual reality of what our prayers are doing, and we see that in the mass. And so I think that it's very funny that we talk about the contemplative state that we get in when we smoke pipes whether alone or, or with a with a brotherhood it's not a very rowdy kind of thing and what's very funny is when we were out again like with all the guys out 
uh, on my driveway with our with our kind of circle, we started just talking theology. Oh man, it was a council. It was a council. It was. It was a really good council. <laughs> and I was like, what is? I was like, man, what is about this that really evokes that? But I think that is some, somewhere in our minds. I think that is a part of it. That it's not just the image because it looks cool and you want to look cool and you want to be like your grandfather. But it really is that we instinctively know that smoke and the a kind of smoke does does represent our thoughts being lifted up to to God on high. Um, I think about it all the time. You know, it's like when you when you puff, you're oftentimes when you puff out, like there's a decent good cloud of smoke, and it wafts a little bit and it goes up and it dissipates, and you think, and it's not like you you burst in, light your pipe, load your pipe, smoke five minutes and get out of dodge. It is really like the mass where there is this tremendous amount of silence and patience. It's a ritual. It's a ritual. And in a world where rituals are under attack everywhere, where the the only rituals which are endorsed are rituals of sin and of vice, how wonderful it is to find something that can be very meditative and contemplative. Well, even before lighting the, the pipe, it's a ritual of taking the tobacco out. And um, I go to this tobacconist now. It's still in Glendale. I live in Glendale now. And so I go to this tobacconist on Glen Oaks, which I like to call the uh, the Glendale Speedway. <laughs> people, oh, man, all night you. long. Mm-hmm. It's just like... And that now people have these like... Uh, instead of really loud mufflers, they have mufflers that like literally sound like like they're dragging on the ground. Like... With holes in them. Will you give a sound Sounds demonstration? Like, like gunshots. Can you please give a sound demonstration? <laughs> no. <laughs> 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 so just like all night long. All right, I live right on on that street. So anyway, this tobacconist, really cool guy. Get all my tobacco from this guy, and he sells uh, he sells it in all different kinds of forms, like in bulk, or you can get tins. I've I've gotten some tins that I really like. Uh, but the first time that I, I bought one, I was trying to unscrew the damn thing. And I'm in my car for f- like five minutes. I'm like trying to unscrew the top off this thing. It, it looks just like a, an Altoids tin. Oh my gosh. And I'm trying to rip the top off and I can't do it. And I'm like, oh boy. All right. Well, I'm going to look like an idiot. I'm going to go back in there and ask him, how do you open this thing? So he's like, okay, well, you, you know, you got to take a coin, right? And then you put it in this little slot here. And then you lift the coin up and then the suction just, you know, it pops open and boop, there you go. And he's like, here you go. And I'm like, wow, that's, I, I didn't know that. So that's part of the ritual. Then you take it home. And because it's in a tin, it's meant to be preserved. The mm-hmm. tobacco is meant to be preserved for a long time. So it's it's sort of moist. It has a moisture content. And and most of the time, the tins are are a little bit overly moist. So what you do is you... You, you, this is all part of the ritual. You take out a little bit of tobacco, as much as you're going to use. Mm-hmm. You, you you rip it off a little bit. You rip a couple parts off, get all the chunks out, and then you dry it for 30 minutes. So you sit there, you think about life, you contemplate your navel, you twiddle your thumbs, you wait 30 minutes. You, I don't know, you go, you peel an orange, whatever. Hey, take it right off the tree. Yeah, yeah, you take it right off of Jordan's tree. (laughs) That's part of the ritual, too. And then you come back 30 minutes later, the tobacco's a little bit dry now. And I'm wondering what you're doing in my driveway. (laughs) (laughs) Then you, then the part, the other part of the ritual is then you start packing your pipe. Mm -hmm. You pack your pipe and... You do it really slowly so that you don't pack it too tight. You don't pack it too loose. You Goldilocks it a little bit. 
And then, you know, you think you're ready to start smoking the pipe. Well, no, not yet, bud. What you do is you first have to establish a charring light, okay? So you can't just go in there like Rambo. Yeah, you can't be a mountain man. Who <laughs> <laughs> do that? You can't go in there guns blazing. So you char the top of the tobacco a little bit. You let it go out and you wait and you contemplate life. And you sit there and you enjoy not being in control of this thing. Or to a certain extent, you are. Yeah. But you can't force it to be a certain way. That's right. right? So you're sitting there, you're waiting for it to, to dry off a little bit. Then you go in, you go with your, your, your master light, you light the whole thing up, take a couple puffs, relax, and, and, and then you're just smoking the pipe. You're just sitting there, you're hanging out with a bro, or you're alone, and you're just sitting there enjoying, mm -hmm. enjoying this, uh, the taste of the tobacco, the experience of it all, and then sometimes the pipe goes out, and you relight it, and you know you keep going. So it's a ritual that forces you to slow down. And that is very countercultural. Mm -hmm. Extremely. It is uh, now you you can't take 5 minutes for yourself because people enjoy the uh, the hustle and bustle so much so that they brag about how much work they have to do. <laughs> Have yep. you ever had a, a person like that All where the, the they say, oh, I I worked so hard this week. I didn't go to sleep till like, I don't know, three in the morning. Bro, I, I didn't see my family. Yeah, yeah I didn't see. Oh, that's really cool, man. That you, you don't have a normal life. Wow, that's great. I love that for you. I want to I want to commend you because uh, that was the best like explicit. If I was like your son, <laughs> that is exactly how I'd want Listen, my friend. Like, wait, hold up there, bud. <laughs> you got to do it. You got to light a char and light first, little buckaroo. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold there. on there. Now, don't tell your mom, but Slow I'm going to teach horses. you. I'm going to teach you the old Carlos technique. Don't don't tell your mom. <laughs> I let you puff on the pipe. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, it's it's the 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 ritualism. I mean, it's true. And for someone maybe considering, they're like, "Well, that's a lot of steps. I don't know what to do." The answer is, it's not. It's not about like any kind of good ritual. The steps are are important, but it's also, but more important is the philosophy behind it. Slow down. That's what it is. Slow down. Grab a couple buddies. Grab yourself. You don't have to buy the most expensive pipe in the world. Nah. But it's just about taking that moment that's authentically yours. And there's a lot of other pieces of the image that can be tied to it. I think that, you know, something that I like to do, this is, I, I said I don't believe in New Year's resolutions and I don't, but something that would be fun to do this year is to go up and fishing, maybe a big bear or something, you know? I've got a bug to yeah. go fishing. I want to try fly fishing. Oh, yeah, that that's right. Oh, you know, you're going to be in Colorado in, yeah. uh, in August. Right that after. would actually be a, yeah, that actually would be a beautiful time. Yeah. And so, there, but there's something about like the image. And again, it's like, imagine like a lake and you're just out there, you're fishing, fish are biting, maybe they're not biting. I don't know, who cares? You're just out fishing. Yeah. Anyone's gone fishing with their dad, everyone knows that, that quintessential story. And it's like, you go up there and maybe you're going to get a trout, but you know what? There's something else. There's something far greater. And that's that, you're with the people that you love just in the moment. And nothing is said. You're just sitting there. Nothing is said. You're just sitting there. And that's what the pipe really does invoke. Uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, what are, so what are your, what are your tobaccos of choice? What do you like? What do you, what do you gravitate towards? Your tobacconist in, <laughs> in Glendale so, is wonderful, by yeah. the way. Yeah. I'm so new to it that I, I can't give a, a proper answer, but I really do like this tobacco. It's called Eileen's Dream. 
and uh that's kind of kind of silly but I, i've got this bug where i just love everything about ireland i love mm. irish everything and uh, this particular tobacco is uh it's an aromatic type tobacco so it's it's kind of like what your mom had in mind mm. when she was thinking about that the cherry that tobacco, cherry tobacco. Uncle, yeah she was thinking of that that aromatic uh quality of that tobacco who's probably a, a sweet smelling type of thing so that that's an aromatic tobacco that i like it, it has a, a really nice chocolatey flavor hmm. you still get a, a sense of the the taste of tobacco which i really enjoy the taste of tobacco um but there's chocolate there's a white truffle in it there's a, a little bit of irish whiskey in it i like the tin art there's a giant uh, three-leaf clover on it. Nice. You know? so. Are you are you are you like forced to love Ireland because you're marrying an Irish girl, or was this just an that's how it was in the beginning? <laughs> now you're just accepting it. Ashley would say Ireland this, Ireland that, and I'd be like, I don't care about Ireland. I I just I'm gonna propose to you there. This is me thinking in my head. I'm just gonna propose to you there because it's important to you. But when we got there, oh man, my whole demeanor changed. I, I really, I fell in love with that country, which is a shame because of just how things are right now, culturally speaking. Where we claim it. Um, but yeah, I love Ireland. Yeah. What about you? What's your What's your favorite type of tobacco? So I, I'm not a kind of guy who I, I, I like a little bit of the taste of tobacco. Mm-hmm. I suppose someone's gonna be like Larper, but, <laughs> but I mean, it, it's it's nice and enjoyable. I, I can do like kind of straight, but I like smooth blends a lot. There's morning blends. Uh, there's a it was a British uh tobacco company called Dunhill. And it was Dunhill Morning Blend. It no longer is made. The tins are no longer made. Although Dunhill is still around. Um, but their tin, this morning blend, I don't know what all was in it. I think it was a little bit of nutty, kind of like a coffee kind of flavor under there oh, at the bottom. Nice. Interesting stuff. But it was smooth as 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 sin. It was just so wonderful. And what's nice is like the, the tobacco flavor wasn't overpowering. It wouldn't. But the most important thing for me is like after a good smoke, Am I going to like have to scrub my face, take my shower, like change my clothes all the way? And the answer is like no. It was it was very aromatic for being kind of like a more original kind of tobacco. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got finally. So to honor my mom, I finally got some cherry tobacco. Uh, just oh, yeah, this week, right. I got uh, <laughs> what is this stuff? It is it is uh, Captain uh, Captain Black Captain Black Captain cherry Black. tobacco, which is a very popular brand, and it's it's a, it's dessert tobacco. Yeah, you might have heard of dessert cigars, where it's like cigars that are just like melted in honey and all that kind of stuff. It is so smooth, and it's not overpoweringly cherry. In fact, I don't really taste a lot of cherry. It's something a little fruity, but not quite like oh, like oh yeah, this is cherry. You can kind of get a sense of that sourness a little bit, I mm-hmm. guess, a tartness. But really, it's just it's pleasant, and the taste is crazy awesome. Oftentimes, like. For for appearance's sake and also part of the ritual for me is like after I smoke, like I'll go brush my teeth or like you know do Listerine. I'll scrub my face. I'll t- I I have particular clothes that I smoke in. Uh, I don't smoke in like my I don't smoke in my main clothes. Uh, I make sure that like I wash my stuff afterwards. I do this because I think it's an important part of my family life. I'm sure at some point. Uh, I'm sure Jen appreciates that. And um, but yeah, there's something about like knowing that like oh wow this is not really lingering at all. And you still get like the full effect of like having a good smoke, which is very, very important. Yeah, you don't smell like the uh, the quintessential guy who chain smokes. Yeah, yeah. You know, the guy you run into at like a convenience store. Mm-hmm. 
that just reeks. That guy, the guy yeah. who's just hiding from his wife. <laughs> <laughs> the the dad that went out for a pack of smokes or two or three or ten <laughs> <laughs> and never came back. Now you used to you used to smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Um, now that I've taken up pipes, I haven't really been smoking cigarettes. But before I I was smoking cigarettes. Um, I would smoke a, a brand called uh, Nat Sherman's. It was natural tobacco. Um, see, I've always been sort of a purist. That's good. Since I started off with cigars when I was younger, when I was 18, mm-hmm. um, I always appreciated the taste of the tobacco. And just like coffee, um, tobacco from different regions of the world have different tastes. Oh, yeah. And I, I became a really big fan of Dominican tobacco um there's other regions like nicaragua for me uh the the palate was more of an earthy type of blend so if i if i was to compare a nicaraguan tobacco to a coffee i would say that it was more ethiopian curious uh, i don't know if you know about coffee but ethiopian coffee has like an earthy type of uh, mm. undertone um but yeah i was smoking cigarettes and i i re- just really appreciated the uh the natural approach that this company took um towards their tobacco they had they have a line of uh, cigars as well and actually one of my pipes is made by this company natural oh, that's cool yeah yeah so yeah i was doing that um but you know it's it's um it's just not the same it's yeah. not the same anymore you know i mean it's a completely different ritual it's a different ritual because i was at when i was smoking cigarettes it was different i would i would smoke just to you know Whenever I had 20 minutes, mm. you know, yeah. go out and have a cigarette smoke. Like right. every day I would have what I'd be like Pope Pius the 10th, hey. St. Pope Pius the 10th. I would go out and have my one cigarette a day, mm-hmm. but it was always a stressful thing. It was never anything kind of like relaxing, Yeah, you know? So yeah, it's different with the pipe now. Yeah. And I, you know, I hear about that because I think that there's a lot of people who, when they, if they do do cigarettes now, they, they roll them and pack them themselves. Yeah. They're really expensive in this town now. Yeah, uh, I told the uh, the taxes here for tobacco are really high. Yeah, although I'll tell all the more reason to be a pipe smoker though, because you get way more bang for your buck. That's true. Way more. Yeah, I'm still working on my tins, dude. I still have I still have tins, and I got so many cigars. Oh, <laughs> so many. <laughs> Just like half, like quarter smoked. Um, it's a really it's a really exciting thing, and so I think that for anyone, any guy listening, um, you know. I think a really just important thing to say, of course, is that don't feel like you are lacking in your authentic masculine image if pipe smoking isn't for you. Yeah. Right. It's it's part of the fun. You know, it's like you get to look like Chesterton, you get to look like Tolkien, you get to look like like a Civil War guy. But don't think like, well, I, you know, if you're a little more health conscious or if you're just like, ah, it's not really like my kind of thing, that's totally fine. Uh, it's there's nothing uh, it's not sinful to smoke it in moderation and it's not sinful to abstain of course Uh, there are but I think the point that we're just trying to make is that there's been so many backwards thinking in our culture in terms of what's supposed to be the things that we gravitate towards at the end of the day the the stressors that really are just compiled on more stressors that sort of thing our society our way of life and ourselves really don't slow down a lot I think this is really important. I think what's really funny is now the exodus, I'll tie this back in, but now the exodus has picked up actually. There's actually been a lot more pipe smoking between the two of us, just like mm-hmm. ritually together. Yeah. I think one of the reasons is because a lot of those other facets of life we would just use, television, video games, uh, browsing Reddit for hours, 
Just uh, endless scrolling. Endless scrolling, but it's not happening anymore. So I think that's been nice because I think that we've had a lot of really good time together. Just like just like two bros. Just yeah, I think that's the time. I think that's the biggest takeaway is, is if you're listening, and even if even if I mean this this episode just by nature is is more geared towards men, but even even women who who might be listening, um, the big takeaway is to take some time to form community. Yeah. Take some time to uh, to get to know your friends a little bit more and, and spend time with them and have quality conversations, quality experiences where you you're just relaxing, you know, and and even in that that space where you're not you're not praying per se, but you're still experiencing you're experiencing God in that leisure, mm. you know, and we need that we need we need to take that back a little bit. We need some time to just relax. St. Jose Maria Escriba and kind of the entire philosophy of Opus Dei is to make your life a prayer. Yeah. And that includes your work and that includes your leisure and everything. So, you know, it might sound a little funny, like how can just like smoking like a pipe, like surely that's for yourself and not really for God. Like how can you turn that into it? But as we talked about with the the invocation of incense, how I think I really do think that there's something in my, in my brain. I know that when I smoke, I, I really we get very theological. The, how we talk, what we talk about, it's very in interesting. Your quote unquote reptilian brain. In my oh gosh, <laughs> in my caveman Paleolithic, <laughs> I'm reading Chesterton's The Everlasting Man, and uh, one thing he 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 is so good about this because everyone talks about like. The caveman's brain, the caveman brain, right? But here's a funny thing. It's like, even by science, like, our brains would not have, like, they're, would have been the same size, guys. Like, we would have the same triggers. <laughs> the caveman is still a homo sapien. He's still a man, guys. There's this, like, we don't evolve like that, guys. Uh, so he's like, he's like, they're like, they pick up, like, a stick, and they're like, this is what he must have used to bash women over the head and take them back to his cave. And it's like, when has romance ever been bashing women over the head? And at what point would man have just been like, oh, I'm sorry, honey. I didn't mean to club you over the head. Like, Ow. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> a, in one of his, and one of his, not to go back, I always go back to Chester, I'm not apologetic, but one of his, uh, one of his essays, he talks about the don'ts of the world, like don't ever say. And one of them is, is he talks about that. Don't ever say that, that the, the prehistoric man clubbed prehistoric women in order to make her a wife. And he's like, does the male sparrow club the female sparrow in order that they two build a nest together? Like, this has probably been just like going on, kids. Also, don't take your women to a club. Oh, don't. Or meet know. them there. Or doy. <laughs> these are, man, these are true. We should be smoking now. We can't because this is my house. Uh, but you will notice that there are no <laughs> much, fire. Much to, uh, to. <laughs> <laughs> much to our buddies. <laughs> chagrin. chagrin. Why thought, can't we smoke in here? Yeah, he thought we were going to smoke inside. That, that was, was the so funniest cold. pause. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have smoke detectors, though. Oh, okay. But that's because uh, if I ever burn a pancake, you know. <laughs> Rudy, I'm going to need a smoke. <laughs> well, uh, Jordan's having a meltdown. Okay, I am. I'm having more of a meltdown than Nancy Pelosi on State of the Union. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to the estimable Charles Colomb, who is who one of my... Basically is Chesterton. Who is basically Chesterton, yeah. Charles Colomb, uh, who we'd love to have on the show someday is a he is a really good uh catholic writer uh blogger and uh, author and he is also a monarchist so he has written books like uh 
Puritan's Empire, Star Spangled Crown. Uh, he's on with the Tumblr House, has a, which is a which is a publishing company, has a podcast that I'm very fond of called Off the Menu with Charles Colombe and Tumblr House's uh, president of uh, Victor Franchini. And they just talk about a myriad of, of topics. And he's, he's, he, I, I saw him at Theology on Tap in Pasadena. And I, I've stayed in contact with him because I very much like his thoughts. And he's also a native Californian, mm-hmm. or at least he's grew up here. And what's really funny about that is California, as we've talked about in previous episodes, has a history of Catholicism all of its own. For good, better, or for worse. <laughs> so <laughs> Mostly for worse. Once upon a time, boys and girls, back in the '90s and the 2000s, there was there were there was a a newspaper called the Roman Catholic or the Los Angeles Lay Mission, and it was a bunch of lay people writing about essentially the dumpster fire that was <laughs> Los Angeles under Cardinal Roger Mahoney. I also found I also found a subsidiary. There's a San Diego wing. Oh, wow. Yeah. So look, what I've said to Rudy and I have come to the conclusion of is that we're really spoiled because we have a Latin mass fraternity church. And this year alone, I've been to Latin mass at five different places all over California. And what we hope is that for our children, it won't be a big deal. For our grandchildren, it just won't be a big deal. For us, it's a big deal. But we, we, we just haven't had the fight that a lot of these guys had. So imagine, yeah, we're we're coming into it so late. Uh, I mean, we had a we had a person the other day uh, stop us after mass mm-hmm. and, and tell us that, you know, she was really excited for us to to be really gung ho about tradition because she had been through the the, the liturgical works. changes yeah. right after the council and she she like maintained everything that she could. So yeah, we're coming into it late. Yeah. And it's funny because here in California and in Los Angeles, there are still some very pretty churches. And what's funny is even before I knew that this was the case, I was like, these churches had to fight hard to keep their architecture. Mm -hmm. You could tell. And that turned out to be validated. Okay, so Charles Colomb has a column in the Los Angeles Lay Mission called the Roman Catholic. Roman as in like Like I'm Roman around. around. (laughs) And all he would do is he would go to the different churches here in the diocese and give what I would say is an uh, and give an objective review of the mass. These articles are gold, people. They are gold. It's a gold mine. I'm going to read a little excerpt. Let me get my phone real quick. So imagine that you are a traditional Catholic trying to survive in this time. So let's say it's like 2002 or something. I'm going to put you at St. Charles Borromeo Church, which is one of the prettiest churches in Los Angeles based in North Hollywood. Anyone that goes in it now will be like, wow, this is just fantastic architecture. It was almost ruined. So one of the one of the major American recovators was a guy named uh, Father Vosco. Uh, I can't remember his first name, but the point being is that this guy would go to churches in the East, churches in the West, and by recovery, I mean he'd be the one who would talk about taking out the baptismal the font, rails. the altar rails, <laughs> taking out, gosh, okay, turning the church into a freaking spaceship. <laughs> you know, we'd go into a church and the, the, the altar is in the center. Like a certain church in Sierra Madre that looks like literally Ooh. an airplane. <laughs> Oh, With gosh. the resurrectifix. Oh, don't oh, kill me now. At least the, the, the tabernacle's in the center at that oh, point. Oh, thank God. This is... Okay, here's a funny thing. It, he was advocating that it wasn't, and this is why. Remember that story I told about my dad and that woman who said that it was too distracting in the center? Yeah. That wasn't just an isolated incident. I just found out that was a widespread philosophy. Oh, boy. So Father Vosco invites all these parishioners 
to St. Charles Borromeo for the for the renovation building fund renovation project, right? He's a very famous lit, uh, uh, designer. In fact, Father Vasco is responsible for the interior, the interior of the cathedral of of our of the angels. Hey, thanks, bud. Thanks, buddy. So let me read you some excerpts. So he's sitting down these people at St. Charles Borromeo, and it says this. Father Vasco also projected images of his reconciliation chapel, small carpeted rooms in place of confessionals and Eucharistic chapels. The church teaches, says Father Vasco, that the tabernacle is ideally in a side chapel, distinct from the main (laughs) body of the church. Uh Noticing the unconcealed discomfort in the audience, he said, if you don't believe what I'm saying and you think I'm heretical, go look it up for yourself. You are adults and I want to treat you like adults. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, where the? <laughs> what's your source, Father? What's your What's your authority, Padre? People were like, and so he's showing like slides, of course, of like what the what Saint Charles Borromeo is gonna look like, and people were like, it's gonna look like a gym, <laughs> and oh, he was man. like, no, it's not, my friends, <laughs> <laughs> my friends. He says, um, Rose says that Vasco discourages the use of images of the saints and our Lord and our lady because, quote unquote, he's opposed to anything that comes off as strictly religious in nature. One of the things he's doing in Milwaukee is getting rid of all the shrines and putting multicultural pieces of art in their place, such as hanging tapestries to celebrate the different cultures that make up diverse Milwaukee, which, so which isn't all that diverse, mostly Germans and Poles. Yet there is not going to be any German artwork or Polish artwork. There will be Buddhist and Native American artwork, that sort of thing. It'll be consistent with his other work. Oof. Yeah, it is. Uh, so it's just like reading through the, all these articles, what you discover is, uh, so Charles Cohen, so there'd be like hard regular articles like that, which would just be expressing what would go on in Los Angeles. Then you get to these Roman Catholic articles. And what it would be like is he would he would talk about the architecture of the church, maybe a little bit about its history. This church was like, it's a nice kind of like, uh, like blessed sacrament you know that like kind of like a nice gothic or baroque architecture built he attended there as a youth Mm -hmm. he was a boy scout there and then he'll sit down for mass and he'll talk about a couple of things the genders of the altar servers what the music sounds like the priest he talks a little about the history of the priest you know or the monsignor or whoever it's doing it and then he'll talk about just how the mass progresses this is what Eucharistic prayer they used in here. Okay. So here in the diocese of Los Angeles, um, there used to be glassware stemware was used for the, the, the sacred vessel, the sacred vessel. So essentially you would get the wine in an, in an ice pitch in an ice pitcher for heaven's sake. And you'd get like, <laughs> like little, like of those like glass looking goblet things for like, for the precious blood. And I don't even know about the, I don't even know about the precious body. I can't even, I can't even, I am shooketh. And and so the Vatican, Rome itself, said, listen, you cannot have these as the sacred vessels. Was a decree for the entirety of the church. Cardinal Mahoney ignored that decree and continued that practice of using stemware in his churches. <laughs> I got to tell, okay. For those who don't know, Cardinal Roger Mahoney was archbishop of of the diocese of los angeles prior to archbishop gomez he is a disgraced cardinal because he covered up a lot of sex abuse in this diocese millions of dollars we are the largest diocese in the united states i don't think we've i think we might have had we've had the largest payout millions of dollars shuffled around priests the destruction the utter destruction of tradition a man who closed down a lot of schools almost closed down st john's seminary 
all these places, spent $200 million on the current cathedral because St. Viviana's after the 95 uh, earthquake just wasn't big enough. And when you read these documents that he, he put out, gather us together and all these liturgical documents that he had, I, I'm what I'm going to do audiences. I'm going to link uh, these, the, 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 the archives of these articles, uh, on our YouTube. And uh, so you can come take a look and I'll link them also when we, when we post them so you can see them for yourself. Really wonderful articles that these brave people really put on a, a lot of, a lot of Catholics that are still in the fight now, which is really kind of cool to see where they all were a decade, two decades ago. Anyway, um, what, what he would, he would do is he was, he would talk about this. So Car Cardinal Mahoney by his own writings seems to imply that you could, you hear these dumb buzzwords we are church and when they talk about eucharist they don't mean the body blood soul and divinity of christ which transubstantiates itself on the altar under the forms of bread and wine you rudy you are eucharist i uh, i am eucharist yeah i mean what a disgusting thing to think he brought the advent of liturgical dancers uh, really in charge of wrecking a lot of the beautiful churches here in Los Angeles. Just absolutely horrible. Shuffled around priests, of course, never mind the sex abuse crises, millions of dollars paid out. And um, what you get a sense of when you read these articles is it's kind of hopeless. <laughs> like, I don't want to be like that pessimistic, <laughs> but the fraternity is not here. So you could go society, of course, but you know, a lot of these guys really just wanted to stay like completely consistent with everything. This is under, for these articles, it's late John Paul II and early Benedict the Sixteenth because the articles kind of stop after 2006, at least in this archive that I have. Um, and you can tell that some of the reform of the reform ideas are on, but it's not going to happen in Los Angeles. Oh, the big fight. Last little point. The big fight, is we still see it. After the, uh, uh, um, after the Agnus Dei, do you stand or do you kneel? Boy, your knees better be on the ground. Wouldn't that be nice? What if I told you that there were priests in these dioceses which would tell the faithful that if you kneel, it's a mortal sin? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the fight's not over. You know, it, that was that was what? Up up until early 2000s. Yeah. You know? now, now we're in 20, 2020 now. And the fight isn't over. It's just, it's taken different forms. Mm -hmm. now, it, and people are more aware of that now uh for example we still have the la religious education congress oh can we just a moment of silence please every can, we get, year. can we get some f's in the chat please <laughs> i mean it's just one of the most ridiculous things that we have still and just look through go on youtube do yourself a favor if you want to have a laugh <laughs> and also be angry just just type in uh, la rec. la wreck uh opening liturgy uh-huh whatever any year pick any year 20 what was it 2012 20, was 2012 funny. 2016 2018 they're all, all horrible horrible it's the most it's not even protestant because protestants have more dignity than that. that it's it is actual like if, it's a destruction of the liturgy it it's is a destruction of our catholicity every little aspect of it it's very funny because that for the here's a funny thing that kind of stuff mahoney adored that's one of his remnants and by the way mahoney's still doing stuff in this diocese he lives in uh, charles borrowman he spoke at the la rec last year yeah on apparently on like migrant rights or last something. year he confirmed a bunch of kids yeah 
at the so church right down the road. Still, yeah. So he's still doing things. So I think that the, the takeaway is this. So the nice thing is that there is, uh, I'm reminded from what you just said, the war's just begun. You know, it's like the, 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 the battle for a helm's deep is over the battle for middle earth is about to begin <laughs> it's true yeah. there is there are a ton of i mean look again we are really spoiled we we stand on the shoulders of giants guys like charles clome and the and the men and women who wrote that 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 newspaper and by the way they got a lot of flack for it oh it's really funny hearing how much feathers ruffled but it's very hard because what it reminds people is that the catholic church is is eternal and our Catholicity cannot be buried. Yeah, we're gonna beat these bastards back. We've mm-hmm. already won the battle. We have we have God on our side. Yeah, I was gonna say Christ is Christ is King, and we're all we're doing is enthroning Him. Yeah. And so look what's happening. It's like there are again there are more tabernacles, not less tabernacles, that are going back into the center. Yeah, there's more perpetual adoration going on. There are the there is a new generation of priests and a new generation of lady and a new generation of everything coming up. And there's a lot more. It's really funny reading articles in places like National Catholic uh, a Reporter and all these other places. Yeah, I know, right? And they're like, "There's a like, you got to watch out for these like these like ultra conservative priests who just want to wear their watch their cassocks the all the time." And you're like, Norvis Ordo Dots and priests, just regular guys who love the Lord, are just like, I kind of want to wear my cassock all the time, like a long cassock. That's awesome. Because again, image is everything, and that's, that's important. Dope. But also, it's dope. <laughs> the The fact that so many priests and bishops think that, oh, I'm just going to go around and lay clothes, and like I was Father Jim on Sunday, but I'm just Jim Jimmy today, Jimmy Martin today. <laughs> Please call me Jim, my friends, my friends. So look, it's so again, like it's you. <laughs> Sorry, that's an inside joke. That was a there was a Jesuit that we that we met. Uh, and he would he would open up the masses like that he would he would be really loud and open his arms and say my My friends friends. so anyway inside joke now you're in it hey so now you're part of us but part of the ship part of the crew so yeah so listen just continue to to remember that the fight is still on and uh we cannot be asleep we cannot start slacking because of all these good things that are happening if you're if your church if your priest if your bishop is doing really good things you need to start supporting you need to find a way it doesn't always mean financial but it's there's Write time them a letter mm-hmm. do something if you have children and they go to the la rec every single year you need to be like uh this no. isn't no like <laughs> no right write a letter i mean honestly write a letter or better yet you know vote with your wallet and vote with your feet if you're if your priest is doing something awesome or if you think your priest would be on board with doing something more traditional at the church you know I, I like the the line in scripture, gird up your loins and fight like a man. That's what God says to Job when he scoops Job up, actually, and sets him straight. I've always thought that was the most powerful thing. Gird up your loins and fight like a man. It's time to do that. There's a time to, to sit down, relax, and smoke a pipe. And there's a time to put your embers down and get to work. Get some signatures. Mm-hmm. Get, a, get a, a, a traditional Latin mass in there. Yeah. Ask for more reverence. Uh there's so many things that we can do to reclaim the Roman right. Yeah. And and it, I think the first thing we have to do is to have a little bit of time for discernment. So maybe take up a pipe and and sit there and discern how you can yeah. you can bring some of these traditions back into your parish because what how we pray is is going to dictate how we believe. Lex orandi 
Like That's good. Bendy. Another excellent episode. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for tuning in and uh, and you know supporting us and keeping keeping with us. Um, as as usual, share this with your friends. Share it on Facebook, on Twitter. Text it to your buddies. Share it with your bishop. Should don't. <laughs> <laughs> make Maybe. sure think about that one we'll we'll easy there right, right. Uh-huh. uh huh thank you guys so much and uh please continue to pray for us as we pray for you all right god bless you mary keep you Adios.